Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... 10,000 Victorians are not having COVID tests. They should, but they're not having it, and they're putting, obviously, some people at risks. And uh, this is a podcast while walking, and I've been requested uh, to uh, examine that question by email, but I'm doing it by a podcast because I have to actually uh, get some uh, exercise while I'm doing it. Uh, now, uh, let's put about the situation happening in Australia. <clears throat> so the COVID is under control in all the states of Australia, Tasmania, New South Wales, the worst probably, uh, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia, Northern Territory, all have no community transmission, i.e. that there is actually effectively no uh, COVID virus. Uh, there used to be, there was a point in there where there were no people in the entire continent of Australia uh, were on ventilators, and it was down to uh, three, possibly one person in ICU. And uh, then there's been a second wave, a second spike in Victoria. And Victoria, so we were going down to uh, 10, 15, 4 a day as it varied. And uh, Victoria's come along and it's suddenly been 20, 30, 70, 70, 70 uh, continued. And uh, they're locking down, relocking down 10 suburbs and uh, having a lot of difficulty controlling it. And it should be a, perhaps a, a warning to everybody else the dangers of what's going on. Uh, the actual situation there is that uh, the uh, COVID virus uh, spread out of hotels. So people coming from overseas put in hotels to be tested. And the security guards to actually keep them inside the hotels uh, had a bit of a laugh and... Uh, uh, Failures of procedure, i.e. Uh, there was no sort of test of their procedure um, to actually uh, make sure that they were doing the, the job. So you can sort of imagine uh, trained medical staff, they're medically trained, uh, and there's an understanding of infection control of a whole series of things, and you've got a... a, a uh, a uh, security staff and a security staff a lot of the time um, they will place a security guard on a large school or something like that and it's all an area where they're, they're ineffective it's more a tokenistic effect and so the actual um, uh, security equals security guard is really a sort of a psychological contract the feeling that you're, you're doing something there. But there's security guards there, and uh, uh, they are the actual source of infection uh, into these suburbs. So these people, have, security guards, have gone back to their large cultural families, and uh, there's sort of a feeling that uh, there's a bit of a thumbing the nose. And I, I don't think, think that's there, but there is definitely a, a feeling of power. Uh, there uh, and this is sort of like the power of uh, any uh, uh, ignorant process uh, coming across here and it seems to if you think about it just 
rips you asunder. It's not necessarily the COVID, it could be any other aspect of it. So let's have a little rip into um, Australians overall. So that's the situation at the moment. And uh, they've introduced mass community screening where they've got roadblocks up and they can't force you to uh, uh, take a, uh, a test. They can ask you, but if you refuse, they just write, so and so, so many in this street have refused testing. So that so they can work out what's going on. And uh, this general thing uh, I've encountered is uh, refusal to uh, engage uh, with uh, the, uh, I suppose, the collective um, normative view. So I'm just going to pull this up, uh, pull aside for a moment and uh, uh, make a few sort of um, vilifying assumptions. Uh, just going off a few people that I, I've encountered in my local area and put it into perspective in that the the people who are very off to right into the high mighty are not necessarily the best people. They're not the um, shouldn't be casting the first stone. And uh, one of the people I want to mention is a local person around here, very opinionated uh, and uh, uh, very, um, I suppose, spiteful in terms of uh, uh, that if you, if for some reason uh, in the limited information it doesn't reach her particular um, standards, um, she will um, be incommunicable. You, ca you can't reason with this person. So they've got an opinion, limited information, limited processing of it in terms of time and depth. And uh, very quickly, if you look at the amount of information that an ideal person would have, it have to be probably 10 times as much and conclusion and, and there is this problem that uh, people can act very quickly uh, in a uh, situation respond quickly and so in certain circumstances in there there's sort of danger rapid responses necessary these people have already made their rapid they've already prejudged made their rapid response and they can see oh in this situation i acted quickly i acted on judgment oh, i judged that person was not very good now, even though I've done judge six people, it's not very good, and one person was not very good. It turned out to be not really good. It converted my uh, suspicions. So there's this way of uh, being uh, ignorant at a certain point that you can't actually uh, properly uh, analyse the uh, the data of your ignorance to see see what you've done. Now this particular person likes the uh, Things very strongly opinionated uh, cannot uh, say so if you said, uh, um, "Oh, that particular viewpoint is particularly heartless." Uh, what you're doing, so she's said a few really heartless things, and, and you couldn't dare say that to her. Oh, look, that is particularly mean, unkind, 
and heartless because snap there'd be gathered just a few bits of information and you'd be under attack and uh, the normative behavior of the people that she associates with her friends are also people who have a similar sort of disregard for facts and and hanging back and stuff like that. So you've got this sort of very aggressive, you can imagine, uh, guard dogs, alsatian guard dogs. They might be all that good, but if they're in a car yard, they're sort of trained, hyped, hyped good dog. For doing it. Now, what's interesting is that this particular person uh, also doesn't believe in the moon landing and uh, delights in upsetting people with that. And they're just so stupid for trying to actually convince her because there's nothing you could say that could convince her of that. Just, just her, her right to do it. Now, there's another person who uh, is, uh, I suppose you have to say, racist. And it takes a little while to say that they will feed you some information that this community doesn't accept this race, you know, this belief. And it will actually be inaccurate. Um, but there's no sort of no feeling that uh, by providing inaccurate input, um, you're, you're probably being as bad as the people that you're, you're poo-pooing. Now, this is a person, um, if you take an overview, and what, what often happens is that people see these sort of sorts of bigots and uh, just for you, when you're at at the thing you, you stay a, a period of time with them and uh, what tends to happen is you've got a bigot you don't spend any more time on it but uh, if you're sort of an accommodating person you spend a long time you actually get to sort of get a feel for the bigotry and how that how that goes along and um you can pick up some uh, key pieces of information. Now, this particular person does not believe in outer space. That is, they have a book from the 1980s, and uh, this particular one says that the the Big Bang didn't happen, and uh, that's their view. And uh, so, if you if you go in, there's a whole series of people in society with a, a view similar to that. And we have a system which says they vote and uh, they're not going to vote for, for you if you spend any energy with them changing their fundamental view. So our political system is great, it's fair, but it tends to actually harbour uh, focus. People are economics in terms of their moral thrust. So if they have a, a generally broad moral thrust, talk about too much, I'm not going to vote for them, I uh, disagree. And this, this fundamental aspect of uh, voting in our democracy means that one person, one vote. So what that actually means is that my ignorance can cancel your knowledge. And the more I feel someone is knowledgeable, the more I can, with impunity, just a vote. So, so I think we do have a problem here that uh, uh, we have a principle of not having a vote is bad, 
but also having a vote with no rationality is is almost almost mad. And the astute politician knows how to agree with everyone. And uh, what you come along with this view is not going through it forward. Now, um, how this plays out, um, this democracy, freedom, ignorance. So, so uh, essentially, these 10,000 people, uh, 10,000 people who, when presented with the fact that they, their actions will bring our country to its knees, that their action uh, will cause potentially a massive destruction of our way of life. And they are those 10,000 people that when that's finally happened, they will not understand what they have done. So uh, you, you've got that, that's, that's, that situation. Uh, why do we have it? So in different societies, this is treated in different ways and there's different outcomes. So let's look at a, f a few societies where this hasn't happened. Um, so you've got Thailand, Vietnam, uh, the major ones, New Zealand's a little bit of one, uh, and uh, the, the, those are pretty dreadful places because um, if you believe in something uh, like, which is not against the major party line, they, they, they've got the balance wrong, except we've perhaps got the balance the other way, in, that in terms of that we're meandering away. We have this system that we're going to build um, our society on basically a, uh, a fiction of the Australian dream, and that if you can work, you can work really hard, and you can buy whatever you want. You can buy, build whatever you want, wherever you want, until you meet restrictions and uh, you it's much better to put an extra spare room and a pool pool room on your house which you might use at most for a few hours or six hours or a day or a week or something like that all this money in but not put it into university building uh, building research institutes so if you looked at our housing, sorry, we have this enormous capacity of spare rooms and houses, unoccupied houses. We could solve our housing crisis and solve a lot of what people do uh, almost instantly if we could convince people that um, they should not work possibly as hard, probably take a holiday. It would probably be a better outcome all out if people didn't work as hard, didn't build as much, and of that fraction they invested it in social infrastructure. But it's, it's, it's not going ahead because uh, the way that we want to market to people is that we market with this ad and um, it's completely illogical. Um, and, and the, the, the quintessential ad is that I buy a product and uh, 
that product makes me feel superior to another dumbass who hasn't bought it. So what you've done is, that's a sort of similar thing I'm driving a car, everyone's looking at admiring my car and stuff like that. It's not a question of what would be the best use of that money. You've got some money, what would be the very, very best use of it? It's more um, of a, looking at the gratification, the power, the story which goes ahead. People go out shopping uh, for perhaps no reason. Uh, if you look at uh, the amount of clothes bought, people buy clothes and don't wear them till they're worn out. They just chuck them out. Huge, huge amount of waste. This is building our our country. We may have a huge GDP, but we haven't. We're not necessarily buying good for it. Now, um, what happens is that uh, by and by, um, we have this system that uh, where uh, the people who, I suppose, are a little bit cruel, cruel, the people who can cut and and stop an intellectual conversation and then just walk out with the product can feel feel great. So there's nothing more. Say if I have a, uh, a moral decision and I've got $10 and there's moral worry about the world, I can just go in, buy a DVD and piss off. I've actually had my interaction and I've bought a product. Um, so, so that's that's very there. So, the, of those ten thousand people, those ten thousand people obviously would not have a good as good a time in Thailand and Vietnam. And you can say those people, that system overall is not working as well because we're we're richer, and you can use that that logic. I have more goods and more wealth, therefore, it's as not as good. Uh, the other extreme, obviously, would be uh, China, where uh, the COVID uh, incapacity of uh, the uh, um, United States and the way the world is mishandling it and the way that China can actually come in and weld your door, come out and actually physically grab you, kicking and screaming out to a hospital. And I would expect that if you're a Ouija or someone who is being critical of the Chinese state, you wouldn't have much, much to go. But that being said, I should should say there is not a very strong difference between the Chinese state and the New South Wales Education Department, in my view. In terms of if you're not supporting the regime, systems do not work for you, and I, I could well imagine. That in China, the way that COVID plays out will play out very differently if you're in different different parts of the system. And that's how the system, because the system's really focused uh, focused on preserving itself. The major thing is that it has preserved the Chinese um, uh, situation. So you've got this uh, massive, massive problem. So the question is, um, for those ten thousand people, what could you do for them? You could say uh, one of these things is that um, if you're uh, 
in Australia, this, this is just some psychological suggestions, given that uh, essentially, uh, I'll just go in for another po po point, in that uh, from my, in my data analysis hat, I've been able to feed back and give advice to COVID data aggregators. And uh, these are people who uh, communicate and track Facebook, Twitter, and all the government uh, information sources. So the government has its information and it wants to bind with that information a message which says how you'll interpret it, what you should do, and gee, you should vote for this person. Okay, if you don't have that, they'll say, oh, well, that's not good enough. Oh, it's vote for me. And so often you'll see a politician stand out there in front of an Australian flag, power, and stuff like that, and act in a way of saying that I'm using this opportunity to short-circuit uh, short and extinguish my political opponents. Thank you very much. It's not actually going to cure any more people that's around. And it has meant that the information has been very diffused. And there's these data aggregators uh, which have uh, got the information. And uh, if you go to it, these sites, you can actually get a full data map of what is happening in Australia live. And working with these people, there is this problem that uh, the, the government is acting in a way which is not sympathetic to anybody else standing on their, their ground. And part of their ground is maximising the political benefit of this uh, virus. So the political ven benefit is uh, to uh, be able to say um, to uh, the world that if you want to learn about how to be a good Australian citizen, you must listen to your politician and obey your politician, good good Australian citizen, pat, pat on the back. And that's the major, major thing that they want to want to get through, at the expense of. Uh, look, I really think suggestions coming from anybody else is really not going to cut it, and they act in such a way that it stalls and and really goes flat. Now. That being said, I've been involved in trying to organise COVID lesson plans. And this is death on two points. One is that although we can find methods with, uh, I've forgotten what these, the Australian um, uh, online um, science learning uh, group is. I just saw it's, the name's gone from my head at the moment. I've worked with them, but the general message is that there's a whole series of self-interest groups which aren't looking at. So uh, I'll go back and say that uh, I've really looked at this and uh, looked at the need to produce a charter, a global data equity authority, which can operate and bring and and power these new data equity uh, equity uh, through. Now, I'm just going to suggest a few things that you could possibly uh, do. Is say a uh, start up a petition 
on Facebook to force of those 100,000 people that they give their name and address and from a ballot and for every uh, person uh, involved that uh, they are uh, uh, they if there's someone who dies they are poor wearers for it uh, and that they can write a personal letter to uh, the uh, grieving relatives of themselves overseas and stuff like that and we can also say that uh, you have an opportunity for when we have a care flight going overseas to bring back Australian citizens to cleanse them and put them through the situation because we say it's good we'll give them the opportunity to get on one of those flights and go to a society which has their views so the the greatest thing I, I think would be to offer them a free trip to Brazil to actually see what it's like to have a whole society based on denial or send them to uh, New Jersey or New York or uh, or uh, Texas uh, get them while they're doing at it trying to make a decision give them a, sh a a homework exercise to say right you're in a situation you your general attitude has caused this and you're in a situation uh, you have to actually make a decision uh, now on uh, you don't have adequate resources because of people like you just try and make the decision for it so there's this disparity between uh, you know the the care people and the authority people have to go in and actually act responsibly responsible but they have to actually at the same time understand uh, so people who, who can understand the importance of the virus can be trusted to treat people that is trusted to take the personal protection take the tests do the various things and uh, uh, they can be trusted to do that sort of thing but um, the uh, people who can't uh, there's nothing there's nothing to connect them to it and there's this real sense of uh, freedom power the fact is that uh, at no point can they feel as though they've done something stupid or if they feel they're doing something stupid it doesn't link on to them doing something about it so um, there is this process that uh, we can you can say basically you know what do you do with someone who is you know really um, really destructive now essentially uh, at a certain point in time we had a much broader situation so we had uh, was a much greater acceptance of uh, people putting women down there was a, a sort of a similar a similar thing a sort of me too movement uh, and it's this sort of dramatic um, effort to actually 
get in charge of these these people. Uh, so, so these uh, things, unfortunately, uh, uh, we have had we have had to have the stolen generation. We've had to have abuse of women. We've had to have people dying from cigarette companies. That is, people have the right to smoke. Uh, they have a right. An advertiser has a right to push something which will not only kill people, but will kill their family as well. And in, in the old days, destroy the hard drives and the, the disk drives of the cigarette smoke would, uh, would go across. Now, uh, what we do need is that we do need a coherent narrative a history to go ahead and we want to seriously believe things. Now, I just want to get on to the, the stolen generation aspect of it because there is a sort of a family story about it. Um, it so turned out in New South Wales that uh, in order to remove a Aboriginal child it required state expenditure and it's no point just removing an Aboriginal child and just leaving them out in the bush crying. You had to have entire mechanism to actually move that child and move them onto a farm or a mission and stuff like that. And so what ha happened is, and it came down through my family, that you required a school principal, you needed a police officer, you needed someone from the Chamber of Commerce and a government official to all sign three forms, sorry, forms, that then authorised the state to come in and remove an individual. And uh, bear in mind that there was a whole series of people who couldn't reason that this was wrong. However, um, my grandfather was a principal and he just began to apply logic to it and didn't, didn't sign sufficient. The education department at the time said you'll pay for this, and made his life hell uh, for a certain, certain, certain time. Uh, and uh, this sort of gives you the idea that uh, we say at a certain point in the future that this is not correct behaviour. It's taken a long time for Australia to put uh, pictures of diseased lungs on top of it. So what really... Uh, wants to do is for these people we really need to know a little bit more about them would they feel any compunction to attend the funeral or support people that they have directly killed would they at a point uh, provide support financial support uh, to people in this country or other countries who have suffered the ignorance of people like that. So, unfortunately in the United States and Brazil, the ignorant person is right up at the top and we don't have a mechanism, they don't have a mechanism to remove it or ameliorate it. Uh, the, per, the entire thing is seen as for political gain. And Australia is really no different uh, when you come to, come to it. Because Australia gets in and says, um, I could publish the information immediately, uh, digitally, 
with high accuracy end of story no what I do is and there are some reasons for it I feed it to a politician to stand up and I force uh, Australians to listen to that politician who then put the data in there's a, that's that step in I, I, or I really wonder what the process is so they the, the politician who's doing that who is sort of morally compromised in uh, in focusing on their own self-interest would also not be able to uh, coerce and convince uh, these 10,000 Australians uh, who are really uh, putting uh, Australia as a whole at risk. Uh, billions and billions of dollars. So if we had no... Uh, obviously, in effect, for Australia, uh, we are... Although China is exercising, is turning up to... Uh, we want you to believe we're nice. If you don't say we're nice, we'll punch you up. I, I must admit, I don't have friends exactly like that. Uh, yeah, there are people in society like that, but uh, essentially uh, Australia's uh, been threatened with trade sanctions and various things like this, no Chinese students will come to Australia. But Australia, unfortunately, has the the lowest COVID-19 uh, and the uh, highest number of uh, universities. So compared to, if you're a Chinese parent, do I send it to the United States or do I send my Chinese students to Australia where uh, we're better off in that way. I don't know how that quite goes, but that those 10,000 people uh, and this COVID outbreak, and essentially uh, we have to say that um, what happens is that uh, what would be ideal is if we could set up two identical systems, like a Melbourne-like city, currently Melbourne City, have the same number of foreign tourists come in, and the same uh, uh, use of uh, um, security guards, we might be able to, f to find out what was going on. Hang on, we've actually done that. We have Sydney, which also has tourists in, and have also got security guards, and there is some reason that there hasn't been a mass uh, movement out. Now, what would be really interesting is that before any outbreak, you psychologically profile these people, because uh, as you do, sorry, what I was going to say is that military personnel, police have psychological profiles. You could be very interesting before you take them on, take them on, you have a psychological profile, ask them a series of questions. What is interesting, I think, having done military um, psychological profiling, is that they ask the same question basically in the same scenario. And uh, they're looking uh, they're looking for personality types, of course. They're also looking for people who are spinning it. People who will adjust their answer 
who suit themselves to promote the situation. Uh, I would have had to say, unfortunately, a lot of people moving up inside companies would know, have the wisdom, they would call it, to actually shape what they do and what they think think going across. So uh, it is uh, very interesting that uh, uh, apparently it's not just one guard or a couple, it's a whole cohort of guards and a whole community which has acted in a slightly different manner. So we, we have sort of uh, these situations occurring. We do have these petri dishes and experiments and we can actually make some judgments. So, so coming in, uh, what I think we should do is identify people's work within the, the risk area, do psychological profiling of them before, uh, and uh, this is in that risk area, then uh, perhaps your um, 10,000 people, those 10,000 people uh, who uh, really have made a commitment uh, to themselves and to a society they believe in. So they believe uh, that gov perhaps government is intrusive, that the impost of what they're doing is there. That's okay, but uh, and and uh, the uh, reasoning is that that person, they, those person, could influence votes, and uh, the politician is not necessarily looking at the most important important way to go. But there might be other arenas that we could ask them: Would you consider um, supporting uh, a? Uh, financial, not financial, so, but work su support of a uh, emergency care worker. Would you consider doing that? Would you consider providing support to families directly affected by your decision? That is, you have a, a right uh, to do that, and that's given to you for various reasons. Uh, and uh, the entire process is that we have many people judge in many different ways the right thing to do and that adds to it but in that case uh, would you just consider uh, given that this is a, a likely consequence and you may say it's not likely or it is, but say if it does happen, so you get across, it's unlikely, it's not really, would you consider doing something else for the community? And uh, uh, would you consider sharing the information about your thoughts with the rest of the community? A lot, a lot of the community is very much concerned about what you're doing. Would you consider the idea of doing it? Now, a lot of people... Uh, cannot think at that level, for sure. So if we're going back to the original statements of the uh, person who doesn't believe in the moon landing, or my racist friends who doesn't believe in outer space, 
the one thing that they do believe is that the that when they're speaking to you they're completely unaware that they're being analyzed or responded uh, they tend not to have sophisticated friends for a very good reason uh, so they uh, so this entire thing of not engaging with them actually makes them worse because they wind up with only having friends who can stand their viewpoint and they wind up having all my friends agree. Everyone thinks the same as as me. So the, the big big idea, I think, is to create an engagement with them. Um, a second step. So we just can't have it, oh my God, I'm not going there. The second step would be to say, okay, uh, you have the power uh, for a good reason. Uh, that's because we haven't seen, seen this happening. And the situation, you at the moment have the power to destroy the Australian economy. If this has happened, can we ask you to take responsibility for it in future? So make it very concrete and also make it concrete by removing the probability. So if the case surged in this area, would you be prepared to do the shopping and do the housework and do some support for Emergency workers, you think, uh, help um, transport uh, bereaved people back and forth when you have killed the people by your actions. Because what's happening is that you can get on the radio, get on the newspapers, get on the Murdoch press, and absolutely hammer everyone. And it's really interesting to see the uh, idea of sport. You know, that, that sport must be played. It's just this incredible thing. Surely, uh, if we're going to balance the process, uh, that if there's, you know, uh, you, I mean, single-handedly, those 10,000 people, those security guards, have smashed the, R the AFL. Would you, therefore, be prepared to hand back your membership of your AFL team because you have even though you love your team and you love your society and you love your footy you love your beer you you may not recognize it but you have destroyed it or would you is this some, some way of going through so your your AFL has stopped society has stopped so perhaps there might be a way of, of going through there now the thing is for sure is that none of these suggestions will ever get through because there is this big filter of uh, the political person uh, saying oh, I'm not going to suggest this I'm going to um, uh, be all positive all supporting and uh, if someone is doing good obviously in a uniform bleeding heart and stuff like that really pushing along I will Photoshop myself into that image, but nothing more. Uh, I'm not ever going to tweak anyone's conscience because tweaking consciences 
will will lose your vote will lose lose your your votes it's, there's no votes in doing it there's uh, no capitalism without greed uh, no capitalism without some level of cruelty to come along <coughs> uh, when someone's filthy rich and everyone is uh, poor about them the main thing is to keep everyone poor so they're motivated and keep the filthy rich person going up because they obviously have the strings to keep you afloat it's much pretty, pretty up um, if you see the status quo that's really what you the point you've got to start to and you can just uh, nudge it nudge it from side to side so that's my general rant on it so let's do a summary there's <coughs> 10,000 people and uh, we have a situation where uh, we have a voting and rights and the voting means that people with ignorance can have power over people with intellect. So I can have 10 degrees and I've got five, I've got six, six, I can have six degrees and uh, someone next to me can have none. I can have an argument which takes half an hour to develop uh, and uses terms that the other person can't understand, say maths equations or extrapolations, and I'm gone. Too easy, there's a vote against me. So uh, we're, we've got this, this situation where our system of democracy and market mechanism is based on the ability for people to make perhaps irrational choices. Irrational choice may actually be voting for the wrong party, which is for, or voting for the wrong reasons for the right party, and it may well be to buy irrationally when the market, the economy is down. So we need those irrational people, uh, and we cannot educate them. The, the time for education is really probably a generation or two generations before them. Because their parents and their grandparents have taught them the art of powerful ignorance. So, the statement is to create a very subtle, long term, so they're making very short term decisions. That is, uh, in the next hour, you have a test. My brain can't process that, I'm not going to have it. End of story. Then you can introduce into that. A situation where well, you're not having the test, can we psychologically profile you? Will you volunteer to that? Can we ask you? You may want to, if you're not having a test, it's likely to have these consequences. And if these consequences are likely going to happen, will you do anything? Will you step up to the community to do it? Uh, will you, in a room of people, uh, in a situation, self-identify as someone who has destroyed our way of life, stopped, uh, stopped football matches, caused thousands of people to have a lack of freedom, been locked, locked down in these suburbs, because 
those 10,000 people equal so many weeks more of lockdown, as far as I can see. So, given that, do you discount that? So you, you don't, you may not believe that, but if this situation happens and this is a consequence, will you feel any compunction to do it? Do you feel any compunction to explain why do it? And the answer will be, if they are really schooled in intergenerational ignorance, is that they'll tell you to go off, I've got a gun, and I vote. Thanks a lot of coming back to house after, um, what is it, 40 minutes, 50 minutes of ranting. Hope this is okay. Thanks a lot for listening. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.